Hello, and welcome to our Canon podcast. My name is Tia. My name is Thurston. And my name is Ajua. And together we read and discuss books from the Black canon that we quote unquote should have read, uh, but for many reasons have not. Please do not judge us. Uh, so this includes works by giants like Toni Morrison, W.E. Du Bois, and Zora Neale Hurston. But we are also interested in thinking about more contemporary works from writers like Yajiasi and Tanahisi Coates, works that we think and hope will become a part of the ever-expanding Black literary canon. Uh, so this initial episode, we'll spend some time introducing ourselves as readers, so talking about our reading habits and thinking about who really got us into reading. And in subsequent episodes, we will follow a rubric designed to help us think and talk about things like standout characters, meaningful quotes, and deeper insights from the text. So let's get into it. Yeah, so I thought it would be great for um, us to talk about a little bit about ourselves uh, so that you all know who we are um, and we can share with one another um, some things about ourselves as readers. So I was going to throw a couple questions out there. The first question is, how would you describe yourself as a reader? I would, um, I would describe myself as someone who reads a lot. Um, I always tell people that I'm a slow reader and I, for the most part, mostly read fantasy related um, works like a fiction. Um, yeah, I feel like I always have a book with me though. So I do really love reading and it's been fun to explore a kind of a different genre. Yeah. Similar to Thurston, I would consider myself an avid reader um, yeah, I mean, I read across genres, but I really do love science fiction and fantasy. Lately, I have been reading a lot of romance novels because um, I just want to feel happy and giddy and <laughs> ignore what's happening in the world. Yeah. And they always have a happily hello, you know. <laughs> um, I read some contemporary lit, and I feel like I am just now starting to really take notice of, of Black literature. I didn't grow up reading it. So I feel like I'm having like a yeah black literature awakening right now. Okay. Yeah. Um, I feel very different than you. <laughs> <laughs> so I I would describe myself as a reader as somebody who reads by necessity. So um, <laughs> I would read for class or read for work or whatever, but um, more often than not, yeah, reading because I have to. Um, but I really want to be someone who reads because they want to. Um, and when I do want to read and when I do have a choice of what I'm reading, I would readily pick up, um, fiction that's written by, um, black author, um, something that sounds like it could actually happen. Uh, another place where I differ <laughs> from y'all is like, I don't like sci-fi and <laughs> so <laughs> I'm sure that will come through on the podcast, um. And I love a memoir. Um, I Oof. like things that are real. So, okay. <laughs> yeah, I like Speak your truth. Are. Speak your truth. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> yeah, there's a little bit about us as readers. Um, I want to ask a little bit about 
um, some of your main influences and how you thought about reading and literature. Um, and this question comes from, you know, we all went to school, we all went to college, and so there are curriculums and things. Um, so that could, you know, influence how we think about reading. Um, but what else um, has contributed to how you think about reading and literature? What else to you? <laughs> yeah, I was thinking about this question earlier because I was I was trying to think about whether or not my parents are very active readers and there are a lot of books in our house, but I don't remember seeing my parents like sit down and read them. Hmm. Um, yeah, but they were always very happy that I was an avid reader. I think actually sometimes they got annoyed at me for reading too much because um, <clears throat> I could really sort of withdraw from what was happening in my life because I was reading so much uh, and they were not interested. But yeah, I mean, they always encouraged me to read. I feel like I had specific teachers who really yeah, pushed me to read more. Um, but now I just feel like, yeah, I think I just, I don't know where I discovered my love of reading. I can't pin one specific person who, yeah, modeled that for me. I feel like I, there's no way that I just picked it up for myself, <laughs> but that's what it feels like in my memory. It's just like, I just started reading and I never stopped and I don't know how that happened. So yeah, that's an interesting question. Oh, do you remember what was on your parents' bookshelves when you were younger? That's a good question because it wasn't Toni Morrison <laughs> or right. You know, like it wasn't it wasn't the the black classics. Um, my mother is she. I think my mom spent a lot of time reading before she like was busy with you know motherhood, and so I think she had a and she's like interested in a lot of things. So there were a lot of like spiritual books and not just like Christian influence. So like she interested in everything so there's a lot of that on the bookshelf we had a lot of cookbooks I you know depending on how you think about cookbooks do you read those I don't know um <laughs> but she was yeah an active chef at the time so that made sense yeah so there's a lot of um I think there were some memoirs as well um which is really not my genre I just there's like not a person in the world I'm that interested in um <laughs> oh okay <laughs> <laughs> It just doesn't do it for me. I'm I'm fascinated by the memoir genre. Um, so yeah, I think there were some memoirs, some like you know spiritual books and some cookbooks. Cool. What about yeah. you, Thurston? Um, my first thought is that my mother reads and has always like read a lot. Um, something that I all like in the life before smartphones. Um she just always had a book with her. That was kind of like a life advice saying, you never know when you're going to have to be waiting for someone or waiting, you know, in a doctor's office or anything like that. And you fill that downtime with the book that you have on you. Um, and so that's something that I've carried with me even um, into like my adult life when I have a smartphone. It's like sometimes I feel like it's a better use of my time to pull a book out and read a chapter while I'm waiting uh, for something rather than like flipping through Facebook. Um, so yeah, my mother's reading habits and I I have a fairly clear memory of being in seventh grade, I think, in the bookstore Books A Million, which I don't even know if they still exist, but um, I, I think near the bathroom was the 
the fantasy sci-fi section. And I just feel like I remember walking by and seeing a book with a dragon on the cover. And I was like, hello, what, what is this? And I, I picked that thing up and we got it. And I later found out that it was the third book in a trilogy. So I was confused by a lot of what was going on. And, but I still like, I read it through and then like at the end realized like, oh, there are these things called trilogies. And I just read the end of it. And I don't know what happened in the beginning or the middle. Um, so I had to go back. But yeah, I, I think that sort of started my love for reading, like finding the right genre for me because my relationship to reading in school is completely different. Like I, I just, I've, I hate assigned reading. Um, it actually makes me fall asleep every, like to this day, if I have to read something for work, my wife will come home and I will be on the bed with a book open on my chest and she'll know that <laughs> I was reading something that I was assigned to read, told by someone else to have to read. So it's really hard for me to read things that um, I'm supposed to. But yeah, I love the fantasy genre. Um, I am trying to now sort of expand my um, my reading into different, yeah, particularly to like take in stuff from Black people, right? The fantasy genre as a whole and certainly like historically has been mostly white and it's about white people and it's about European type you know, countries or civilizations, you know, with swords and castles and dragons. And so, yeah, in recent years, I've just tried to get more Black input into my life. Um, so it's, it's been a fun journey trying to find and find new uh, sci-fi or fantasy written by Black people. Specifically, there's a lot of really good stuff written by Black women that I've fallen in love with over the past mm-hmm. few years. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, I think, I think those are my influences. That's great. Um, I'd say for myself, uh, similar to you, Thurston, around my mom. Um, So my mom, both of my parents are Ghanaian, and my mom went to boarding school for a little bit, um, and she would often share about how she had skipped a couple grades, and um, she was just really good at memorizing literature. Hmm. Uh, And she would just you know, recite paragraphs and paragraphs of stories that she had read. Uh, And I was just always so impressed. I was like, oh my gosh, I want to be like that. But obviously, (laughs) my previous answer, I'm not much of a reader and I read by necessity. Um, And so I remember, you know, things like in elementary school, we would have like reading contests where we would have to submit like timesheets for how much we read in a week and mine was always like hours and hours in addition to like all the other reading which is strange um because now I don't do that um so I'd say my mom I would also say um it it felt like uh an escape like to read about um black children and black characters that weren't represented in the rest of the curriculum in school. Mm -hmm. So I remember the first book that I read, like a chapter book where the main characters were black. And I think it was called Cousins. I (laughs) don't remember the the author, but I remember reading it and being like, oh my gosh, I wish we could read more of this. And it didn't happen. So, um, (laughs) but those were some of my influences in like being able to like, see people in 
books that look like me that had similar experiences um and seeing my mom who you know I just knew her as somebody who like fed me and like cared for me (laughs) and loved me but this woman that was like incredible when it came to reciting books and literature from things that she had read you know decades decades before um and even in different languages so um yeah I would say those are some of my influences yeah um I wanted to ask another question um we've already kind of talked about um how we would describe ourselves some of our influences but uh, do you have any like specific stories or reading experiences that shaped your life as a reader like I think each of us has shared kind of like a small sketch from our lives but in addition to those like positive negative or neutral what's a story that comes to mind that you're like oh yeah that definitely (laughs) um affected how I view reading I do have an immediate story that comes to mind and it's because it relates specifically to black lit which I didn't read a lot of when I was growing up Mm -hmm. um but I when I was a kid I had to be like 10 or younger than that um I read Roll of Thunder Hear My Cry by Mildred yeah wow um that, yeah by Mildred, Mildred Taylor and it actually was written only a few years after um The Blue Side which we'll talk about today but um it is it is very much about racism during the Jim Crow era and it focuses on this family and I think it was the first time that I really understood what racism was through this book and I remember crying at the end of it and I'm hmm. I'm a kid you know <laughs> like I'm I'm a child I'm I remember bawling at the end of it and specifically saying, I hate white people. Like that's how torn up about the book I was. Um, There's a, yeah, there's a, I won't be too specific, but there's a a character death at the end and the character is very young and it is, um, the death is very much wrapped up in like white supremacy and injustice and this young black boy basically is framed by a group of white men and yeah, they, they kill him. And I wept. I, 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 the world was so unfair. And I think maybe I steered clear of black lit after that because I didn't want to be that sad. Yes. I, uh, I was <laughs> And I was like, Oh, if, if this is what black literature is and I, I need to like temper my reading of it because it was too much. And I remember my, my parents having to really talk me through, yeah, what it meant to be black. And I think what was really scary is that I, I knew racism, racism existed, but I thought it only existed for adults, you know? Oh. And Oof. yeah, that the, 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 the deep reaches of racism, like they just skip kids cause we're kids and we're too young for that. And to have a very young character, die because of white supremacy really shook me up um so yeah that was a really formative experience for me and I I do not cry often in my real life like about my own stuff I don't but I will cry over a movie and I will cry over a book and that was the first time that a book made me cry um certainly not the last time but yeah it was yeah it was a very formative experience for me as a reader Mm. wow Now I'm like, shoot, what do I remember from that book? Because I remember reading that too, but 
I don't know if I had the same response, but were y'all assigned this book or is this you yes. just No, okay. I just no, I just saw it in the library and I was like, Oh, black people, I'm a friend, let me do it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> <thanks to> me. <laughs> me. Oh, broke my heart. Dang. Yeah, I, I think yeah. I was assigned that one. So mm. yeah. There was a whole curriculum of I feel like every book that we read, with the exception of the one that I mentioned before, Cousins, every book that we read had to do with slavery. And I was just like, <laughs> so sad. Like, or, you know, the civil rights movement. So, like, the Watsons go to Birmingham. I read in elementary oh, school. Um, Jump yeah. Ship to Freedom. Like, <laughs> I was like, okay. Um, but I was going to share that uh, an experience that shaped my view of reading kind of later on in life when I was in high school was um, I think I was in like AP English or something. And so we had an assignment that we had to write about a book that was found on the banned book list. Did, did y'all know about mm. the banned book list? Yeah. Okay. When I learned about that, I was like, <laughs> why would they ever ban a book? <laughs> so, <laughs> and maybe I'm just naive or whatever, but at the time, I was like, why would you ban something that somebody worked so hard on? And so, because writing a book sounds really hard and reading it was not fun. Um, but I think I had chosen The Handmaid's Tale um, to oh. read. Yeah. <laughs> and even after writing the paper, I think I argued that it shouldn't be banned because it was like, exposing some stuff about like women's bodies and how we think about them and that's why it was banned correct (laughs) right (laughs) and then like the show comes out on hulu and i'm like why would they ever ban this you know so um but i remember that and just feeling a little annoyed that somebody (laughs) would have the audacity to create such a list um i always just felt a little yeah, um, that didn't sit right with me. And there were tons of books on that list that I thought, this should not be banned. This is exposing something. This is shedding light on something. Um, this is a classic, so to speak. Um, but yeah, that, yeah, I always always think about that. Um, but um, Thurston, what about you? Yeah, um, I'm thinking, I was thinking about just like childhood development and how middle school is such a important time for like personality and interests and um, just kind of mm-hmm. defining who you are. And I think middle school was this huge time of, for me, it's like, so what are the fun things? Um, and I, so reading for me quickly got thrown into the category of like the thing that was supposed to be fun and enjoyable so that's why I stay in fantasy. That's why I don't typically read nonfiction unless I'm, again, mm-hmm. assigned or have to or um, I'm on a teaching. Yeah, unless it's like research for a specific thing, uh, I stay away from mm-hmm. it because for me, it's like another avenue for fun and escape. And so, yeah, I just I have all these like flashes of memories of middle school of like probably my mind defining like, and here's what we enjoy. So I, I think like Tuck Everlasting in sixth grade and, and like the, the concept of like immortality and 
kind of like moving through time. Was, I was like, this is intriguing. And like finding that book with a dragon on the cover is called The Dragon King. Um, I was like, this is intriguing. And The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, and just the, you know, the idea of this otherworldly experience. And again, like another form of escapism. I just, I think for someone who spent a lot of time by myself growing up at home, I have one sibling and she's five years older than me. So like by the time I was in middle school, she was like already out of the house. Um, And both my parents worked, my dad worked two jobs. So even though like, I don't know. And also I just feel like when you're younger, time seems endless, like in a day. So I feel like there's a lot of time that I spent hanging out with my friends and yet I still spent hours and hours at home by myself. Um, And so, and again, like my parents weren't spending money on video games, you know, internet, social media, none of that stuff was available in the nineties. So it was books and I just sort of could fall into these worlds and, it, it captured my imagination. Um, so it's not really a specific thing, but I just think like the time period of middle school was when my sort of identity forming around like, you are a person who enjoys escapism and fun and wonderment and fantasy. And um, yeah, that, that kind of solidified then. And the other thing I wanted to say is I feel like there are several points in my life where I had to rediscover my love for reading um, most mm-hmm. of which I want to blame on formalized education. Mm. So, you know, I, I think mm. a huge amount of time went by in college before I realized that I hadn't read a book for fun in years. Mm. Um, and then the same thing happened in grad school. And yeah, I, just, I think there are these periods in my life where, you know, because of work, because of school, because of all the things you have to do, um, we, you know, maybe we all sort of slip away from the things that are more life-giving to us. And so even in my adult life, like I would say a year and a half, two years ago was another like resurgence of like, Thurston, you need to spend money on books that you can get lost in. And Mm -hmm. like if, if the book you want is only out in hard copy right now and hard copies are always like, you know, five, four or five times more than the paperback, but the paperback doesn't come out until six months later. Like, just spend the money, man. Like, people spend money on lots of things. And, yeah, it was significant for me to say, like, this is, like, the hobby that I want to spend my money on is, like, reading books Mm -hmm. that I really enjoy um, that take my mind somewhere else, which in the past four or five years has been super necessary and super important. Um, And particularly like as, and I think one of the reasons why even like quarantine world hasn't been as hard on me is I think a lot of people who know me would assume it has been is because of like, I'm just be reading. I'm just like, I'm in these books and I'm gone, man. I'm not really, I'm not, I'm not watching the news as much as y'all may think I am. Right. Um, Yeah. So yeah, I just, that's all I wanted to say. I love that. That's good. Yeah. I wasn't planning to ask this question, but I'm going to throw it in there just because I'm curious. Uh, yeah. Oh. <laughs> oh. Um, why Why did you want to be a part of this podcast? Like, what? Mm. what's your personal investment in this project, I guess, mm. <laughs> we're working on? Yes, that sounds um, official. As a group of friends, <laughs> as a collective, like, why are you here? basically. Hmm. 
That's a good question. Good, good for you. Good for you, Audrey. <laughs> I stumped y'all. <laughs> I, you know, I, I needed a space to, I needed a safe space to read books that I should have quote unquote already should have read. You know, like I, I'm, a, I'm in grad school right now, and so a lot of the experience of grad school is feeling very dumb and. <laughs> <laughs> and feeling like you are very behind in reading and there's just so much literature that exists that I haven't read and part of like yeah becoming a scholar is you know keeping up with the discourse which I always feel like I cannot keep up with mm-hmm. um and I think particularly during the season of quarantine and racial unrest um people are I mean not for the first time I think this has been long been a, a practice in black culture to sort of look to the elders who, who write things and who help us think about black life. Um, but yeah, a lot of texts have come up in the last few months, particularly on Twitter. And I'm like, Oh, I've, I've never read that. <laughs> you know, like I'm almost, I'm almost 30 years old. A lot of what I study is blackness and black culture. Um, but I, there's a, a, a huge part of, of that that I have not engaged with in red. And so to be able to like, sit down and talk with friends who I trust. And we have these conversations, you know, all the time via text anyway. Um, just like to be able to admit, you know, I actually have not read this. I sit in the room and pretend like I know what people are talking about when they bring these things up, but I actually have never read this in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, and to just be able to like have a reason to read them because like Thurston mentioned, when you're in grad school, like reading for fun <laughs> stops being a thing. <laughs> Um, and I don't even know that I'm reading these books on our list for fun. They're not very pleasant experiences. They're moving experiences, but they're not pleasant. <laughs> you know, like I read fan fiction for fun. I read romance novels for fun. I read fantasy for fun. I don't read Tony Morrison for fun. Like it's too rich. It's too compelling. It takes too much. It's a lot of emotional labor. Um, so having a reason to sit down and engage with some of these texts is, I think, my my. Yeah, the the main motivation for me mm-hmm. to be here. That's good. Yeah, great answer. Great answer yeah. to a great question. <laughs> um, <laughs> I so yeah, part of it is like in the past couple of years, I f- I feel like a personal uh, journey of rejecting, acting against, living against like the tide of white supremacy has been like I need to curate my world Mm -hmm. a little more thoughtfully. Mm -hmm. Um, And the thing about like systemic racism is like, it's just the flow of the river. And so again, like I'm a fantasy reader, I've read fantasy, you know, most of my reading life. And that's just been a lot of white people and a lot of white Mm -hmm. men. Um, And there are all these other areas in my life where I am working actively to make sure that like, Black voices and particularly like voices of Black women are the things that I'm taking in. Um, and it like, because because of the way the world is set up, you have to actively work to to get there, to like make that happen. Um, and so, yeah, it's, it's something that I wanted to do in my reading as well. And yeah, I've, I mean, I've read some Black fantasy books that have even just like the descriptions of Black characters written by Black people just like it's a wash of like love that comes. I was like, oh my God, the delicate like care with which mm-hmm. they're describing um, these people and the way that they talk or the way that their skin looks. And I can, you know, I can mm-hmm. envision that looking like me or my cousins or my mom or my dad or whatever. 
Um, so some of it is like, yeah, just like this personal uh, exercise of expanding my own, um, the like canon in my head around like what's good literature and like rejecting, uh, <laughs> maybe rejecting or maybe just adding to like what is sort of the established quote unquote white canon. Um, and yeah, I mean, a lot of what, what Tia said, like, I think there's a way that I think the, the sort of end goal of being able to discuss this with people that I love having conversations with is, is a helpful push, right? Like, I don't know if, if we had just like come up with a list of 10 books to read and I was just supposed to read those books by myself and that was going to be the end of it. Like, I don't know if how far I would get through that list. So some of it is like doing this podcast is the motivating thing. It's like, I'm going to read these books because I get to have these fun conversations with friends about something mm -hmm. that is, I mean, a really beautiful piece of art, right? A really beautiful piece of work. Yeah. Like, I mean, some of the, I mean, we're going to talk about it more, but like some of the quotes that I was highlighting in this book, I'm just like, what a mind yeah. to like come up with these things. Yeah. And like, and I, and they speak to me in a way that feels very much like at home with uh, either who I am or my experience. Like both of my parents are from the country. So a lot of the like sort of Southern kind of country, rural language in here, I'm just like, I, I get that. Like I can see those spaces. I can see those people. Um, and I don't, you know, I don't get that with a lot of the white fantasy that I'm reading. Um, mm -hmm. I feel like it's important for me to, for me to read these books and just, Lastly, for the project of like a podcast, yeah, I think podcasts can help do the work of like exposing people to uh, ideas or literature or art or whatever that they wouldn't really be engaging on their own. So for anyone who hasn't read The Bluest Eye or hasn't read Toni Morrison, like here's a podcast that maybe can pique your interest in doing that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's so good. I love that. And I just love being here. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I was just like caught up in y'all's answers. Um, yeah, I would say a couple of things uh, are the reasons behind why I'm here. One, I've always wanted to be on a podcast. <laughs> Amen. I've, I've tried to start a podcast several times and it never pans out. But um, yeah, I'm just really excited to create something. Um that was one of the words that I'd chosen for 2020, which, you know, is what it is. <laughs> so, I just want to make things yeah. and uh, do something that uh, isn't um, necessary, but is um, in addition to my life. So mm. something that's not graded, something that doesn't necessarily, mm -hmm. you know, uh, depend on whether I have money or not or whatever um, that is just creating for the sake of creating um, and with people that I love and enjoy being around um, I would also say that the times that I've opted into reading a book <laughs> um, <laughs> on my own effort <laughs> uh, it actually those experiences have been really life-changing for me or have mm -hmm. um, marked the beginning of a season or a really important time in my life so and I think the most recent one that although my reading journey is slow is like starting to open up a little bit is when I read Homegoing in mm -hmm. 2017 and like seeing a character with my name was like 
oh, oh okay I'm <laughs> sold you know like I think I can read books you know so <laughs> <laughs> and like I could not put that book down and she was just the author is just so amazing and I just felt like I felt so known by the book that I I wanted to tell everyone I was like if you read this book you know me and like mm-hmm. to be friends with me and to have a piece of my life is to read this book. And wow. so, um, and 2017 was also a year of transition into like moving and trying something new and like really loving myself because I saw I had been loved well um, through that book and by other people. Um, mm-hmm. And so I was like, yeah, if I could find books that resemble me and resemble the things that I care about. I think it only contributes more and more to my own self-love and um, yeah, being at home with me, uh, which these days (laughs) uh, we can't go nowhere. Outside is closed. So, (laughs) so all I have is me right now. Um, Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's part of why I'm here. Um, And I want to read more. I want to be a reader who, um, I really need to put my phone down. I want to like choose a book over my phone. I want to choose a book over a show. Um, mm. And I really just want to be that kind of person. So I'm hoping that through the podcast that happens for me um, and picking books that we chose together, I think helps a lot. Um, I'm a really stubborn person. So the moment you tell me to do something, I'm like, no. <laughs> unless there's like something on the line and here it feels like a full choice of like opting in and showing up and um doing it from a place of friendship and enjoyment so Mm -hmm. yeah beautiful Uh, yeah so I hope that you know we got to you know (laughs) kind of expose a little bit about ourselves as readers and share about kind of what shapes our view of reading and books, whether positive or negative. And I'm sure that will continue to come out as we talk about more books in our canon. So, yeah. yeah. Awesome. Thanks for listening. If you liked what you've heard, please subscribe on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and leave a glowing review. You can reach us at OurCanonPod at gmail.com and follow us on Instagram at OurCanonPod. Music was done by Kamaria Fife, and our producer was the illustrious Adwa Asante. Thank you.